1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Honeycomb Podcast. It is T-minus days and weeks until elk season, bear season, whatever it is that you're headed out to go do. Antelope is probably already getting started by the time I release this. So we have uh, uh, the season upon us, and I decided I needed to get some good hunting stories in. So reached out on Instagram to some folks, and I got some replies and some good hunting stories. This one's an awesome story from Maxim Rand, uh, a listener out of Colorado, and a, uh, a great storyteller had a, had a awesome first elk hunt, um, little trouble along the way. Um and uh had a had an awesome hunt. And so I was I was on the edge of my seat listening and enjoyed chatting with him about that. So give this episode a listen and if you enjoyed it, uh give it a good rating if you would on whatever platform you're listening to. Also go give my Instagram and Facebook page at Western Hunting Hub a follow. Also, if you give my business a follow, Black Hills Antlers on Facebook and Instagram. And if you need some antler dog shoes, 10% off of those. I use coupon code PODCAST. Also, go check out the Outdoor Call radio app. My old episodes are playing there on Thursdays. But lots of other outdoor content worth checking out. And then also always Ridge Patrols giving us 10% off using Clint 10 and Wilderness Athlete using Hunting Hub as a pod, as a, uh, a coupon code. So let's get started, and I hope you enjoy.
2: Max? Um, a lot of people call me Max, but like when I introduce myself, I go as Maxim just because it seems formal to me. Sure, sure. I like it. Sure. It's yep. unique, so. Um, Got it. I didn't, luckily, I, unluckily, I didn't grow up here in Colorado. Um, I grew up in upstate New York and uh, I've lived out here now 10 years, but grew up there hunting, fishing, and moved out to Colorado after college uh, uh, for a job at the Forest Service uh, and then just didn't want to leave here. So I took whatever job I could to stay on the western slope of Colorado and uh, now I find myself in the Roman Fork Valley in Aspen, and I'm uh, maintaining a billionaire ranch up here. You know, not your typical ranch, but...
1: Yeah. No, so I, I spent mean, a lot of time in that ranch, or in that not that ranch, that, that valley. Yeah. yeah. So that's so, cool. Uh,
2: yeah. I've been here 10 years. Love it. Um, and just, you know, fell in love with elk hunting compared to uh, whitetail hunting is just way more of a challenge. And I love that. But yeah. yeah, so my story comes from me wanting to pursue elk with a bow and never ever um archery hunting back in New York before. So as soon as I moved out here, I picked brought my bow with me that I had and was always shooting it. Never never got into, you know, elk hunting that much um before moving out here, so it was all new. So I did like five years of beginner elk hunting, just, you know, learning the land, finding them and chasing them and, uh, just never got one. And, uh, so then I gave up for two years on, um, archery and went back to rifle chasing elk around here and all these, you know, over the counter units or were over the counter units. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> um, and then i decided uh to pick my bow back up that year of 2020 and um so then that's when this story starts i uh didn't get to hunt opening day since they moved it to like the second of september now which falls whenever so saturday first day for me um i get up and luckily i live two miles from the trailhead so it's really nice like not to i get to sleep in my own bed and the spot i hunt is tough but um so got up uh drove up there and was trying to i'm going solo and i'm crossing the creek in the dusk and it's a newer log that's across it and i slip and go right into the creek waist deep and i'm like crap so i was like let's,
1: let's take a step back too. what um uh What's your plans? Are you thinking like, I'm going in here for the afternoon. I'm going in here for a couple of days, one day.
2: Oh, So yeah, this is just a day hunt, this area I'm going sure. in. So I have a day pack. Um, It's, you know, you can make it as long a day as you want, or you could be in and if they're not making noise, you could be out. Really, yeah. quick. Just yeah. get up to this ridge, call and see if they're around. So I've been in this spot plenty of times, chased a lot of elk in it and it's just rough country. So yeah, and the the first task of getting in there is crossing this rather large, fast-moving creek, and uh, I first time ever fell in it. So I turned around, went home, was pretty disappointed. Uh, luckily my uh it would be my fiance at the time, wife now, she uh was like, have another cup of coffee, change your clothes, and go for it, even though yeah. it was later in the morning. So then I got up there. It was probably now closer just after 7 a.m. And I crossed the log now successfully. Definitely more cars in the parking lot, busier. Um, Not your average September day. Definitely very hot. It was going to be in the 90s. So I had three liters of water with me. And I make my way up the hillside and climb up to the ridge. And I sit up there and call Bugle nothing. And it's relatively... Really quiet morning, because then you could either drop over the other side of the ridge and be in him for the day if they were making noise in there. Otherwise, you just come back down the way you came up, and there's a bunch of benches to traverse. So I sit around just, you know, waiting on this hillside most of the morning, and then eat a good snack and get up and start making my way back towards my truck and, you know, covering ground now.
1: Remind me what... what part of the uh September like right away the first weekend oh yeah,
2: sure. Right away, yeah, early sure. season so I'm not expecting much with the weather being so hot and just you know sheer amount of pressure yeah. COVID that year just a lot of people out there um so I start you know just weaving my way through and I'm being way more aggressive calling than I've ever have just Trying to be different and trying to, you know, finally be successful. Um. So, yeah, then I start doing some calling sequences later in the morning and nothing. Um, and then I'm making my way across a bench, getting back to familiar territory because I just explored more of this area. Uh, and then I'm just cow calling as I'm going. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the about hundred yards down over the hillside, on in between the benches, the brush just starts going crazy, popping, snapping, and I don't know what's going on. And I just get ready, knock an arrow, and then all of a sudden, cresting the hill, I see antlers, and I'm like, "Oh, this is perfect!" Like here's an elk coming right at me. Um, and Every... I know,
1: and let me ask you a question. Uh, so we've got. I I almost it it almost seems like in as you're telling this that it's like you your hopes weren't all that high
2: no not not at all and
1: that you are just kind of still hunting like what was your pace and and I was
2: yeah moving super slow you know stopping every 100 yards it's thick you know dark timber so just thinking like my call isn't traveling that far so let's just be aggressive this first weekend and get after it and try and see what's out there um i know there's elk in here and
1: um, did you have a certain like um and in that spot do you have a certain location like i know they're kind of in this draw or i just gotta kind of cover it to call um, they're gonna be there somewhere
2: I mean, it, they're either there or they're not. And yeah. it seems more and more and more they've, they're, you know, it's hit or miss where they're there one day, yeah. nothing next. And it's just not as torn up as it used to be. They seem to have moved on and gone a little deeper into the mountains around the hillsides there. But, you know, finding some pockets of elk, they still once a lot of people get bouncing around and in there, they definitely bump the elk into these little, nooks and crannies of the wilderness here um so i knew i could bump into something solo just because of the terrain and being in there a lot and seeing what's around and knowing where the main herd hangs out yeah um like there's a chance you'd run into them but most of the time you knew they'd be you would i didn't even smell this elk Huh. So it was, are
1: you are you in dense like timber or the aspen pockets or something
2: you just yes yeah, super old aspen forest um most of them are now like it's turning into a thick um thicker timber sure. um, conifers and all that so definitely changing and that's why i think the elk have started to move out too it's getting real real thick for them
1: oh yeah huh. um, so, oh, yeah, so you had some antlers coming through there yeah, you, you had a no, response
2: yeah yes no, yeah no call back nothing just movement just coming right up the hill at me um so I knock an arrow and um didn't even have a chance to get out a range finder this is all happening within 25 yards of me by the time he gets over the hill crest and then he turns and is coming straight at me so I have full frontal I draw back and he's like 15 feet and not stopping so I'm just and I didn't even have to like count the antlers I knew he's legal like everything was aligning and I was like you know I've seen this um shot practice on YouTube seen it on TV I'm gonna do it and I just let my arrow fly at 15 feet um hit some straight in the chest and I just see the um arrow buried go and all fletching oh and I was like that's the shot like that's the one like and I just was like holy crap this happened it happened and uh he spun around completely went back the same direction he ran and probably 75 yards before I heard the brush crashing and um snapping so I just sat down and I, luckily I had my phone took like a video of myself like was so excited in the moment and like just knew I should capture it, it this first time ever shooting an elk with a bow like it's pretty crazy i'm by myself and um so i sit there you know savor the moment and let 25 minutes 30 minutes go by but this elk he was toast like there wasn't a after 10 minutes of sitting there there wasn't any noise so after those 25 minutes go by i make my way down the hill and i find him, and i'm just stoked i start counting the antler points and i'm just like ecstatic and like he was a five by seven just a small non-typical little bowl like it was awesome like I counted them no. six times I think before I was <laughs> like this is real and then I yeah. was like okay well the work is going to start now and this was at one o'clock in the afternoon I realized but after walking, realizing it's 1 p.m. I was like dang this is a unique time to shoot an elk so yeah um, perfect time amount of daylight left, which was nice. Um, except it was hot, it was 90 degrees. So I checked my water, and I didn't have very much left to work with. Um, after doing the longer walk through the woods that day, um, started out with three liters. I can't even remember how much I had left by the time I had to start butchering, and there's no option of me. Finding water it's just a very dry area I would have had to have gone pretty far to replenish my water so I start butchering this is my first time butchering an elk so I definitely learned a lot since then <laughs>
1: and no one to no one to be there to to help with that yeah At first yeah doing I, the, I did my first one by myself as well and that was it was, it, it was a challenge.
2: <laughs> it was a lot of work. Um, luckily, I had a tarp, so that helped um, being able to set that down and help my keep the meat clean and just try every technique I saw on the Internet and put it together and make it work for me. Um, but then eventually, I'm, I'm getting it quartered out and just running out of energy, running out of water, and I eventually do run out of water while butchering it and have to make the choice to like okay like I'm gonna leave this like leg attached to the rest of this quarter and but before that I had um, luckily purchased a Garmin inReach for, and was using that for the first time um, and was messaging people for help like seeing who could come meet me but of course no one knew how to respond back to me. Oh, so they were texting my normal phone number back because they had no clue I got this device so I texting my wife texting my best friend that I normally hunt with um letting my dad know that I got an elk all this and um just hoping someone was gonna respond and say they're gonna come so the. But I get no response, so then I'm out of water, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna leave this elk here. Like I can take, uh, I took the head because the last time my buddy was in this area hunting, a bear stole his head after he had it tied up in a tree, and we he never found it, and then we found it like three years later. Yeah, so I, I was like, I'm not leaving my first elk here. Um, yeah. so I took, uh, I think like a front shoulder, some back straps, the head. And I was so tired, I couldn't even pick the hind quarters up to get them up in a tree. I was just exhausted. And I knew for my safety, like I just had to go, had to go get water. Um, and I tried, I took my tarp, put the quarters around a tree, wrapped my tarp around them to try and keep, keep any animals that are in, um, game bags and just keep my scent on them because I know the a bear and I was like, well, if, I'll get them in the morning and hopefully they survive um so then i'm all loaded down with the head all that meat um in my bow and i start making my way down and it's a good probably i'm a good mile and a quarter 800 feet vertical descent Mm. down to at least the trail so i'm making my way down just slowly exhausted just wishing i had water Um, but there's a creek I'm going to cross, but I don't risk it. But prior to that is when I slip and I'm coming down this hill and I slip and the young dead Aspen just pokes me in the back of the ear. And I'm just like, Oh man, that was painful. And then I just felt the warm sensation. And I was like, Oh, that's not good. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just grabbed the back of my ear and I was like, um, covered in blood. I'm like, that's not good. I could feel it flapping. And I was like, well, um, I need to make a decision here. I'm pretty close to the trail. Either I stop, take my pack off, break out my first aid kit and put some like blood clotting stuff on it that I had in there. Um, and I chose to just leave my bow. I marked it on my GPS. Uh, it would have taken me longer probably to get all that out, repack it, um, and then make my way back down to the trail. So, you know, I'm making sure I'm not like pouring blood, not squirting. It's just running down the side of my neck. I know this is a good cut, uh, that I'm going to need some medical attention. Um, I didn't even stop to message anyone on my in-reach. I just wanted to get to the trail. Um, And I'm Get into the trail i crossed the creek and i decided not to drink any of the water because i was like i'm close enough to home another 15 minutes of thirst is not going to kill me i'd rather not get giardia like let's just wait maybe i'll come across someone um yeah so i crossed the creek and it's waist deep it feels so good on like i just want to stop and sit in it but i knew if i s- stop i'm just gonna not want to get up so uh, I'm probably 100 yards off the trail the main trail up this valley and I'm just exhausted got nothing left in the tank I just so I ditched the head just tossed it on the ground said I'll see you in the morning um and just start plowing my way through the thick brush and crawl my way up onto the trail and sit on it for a minute and look for someone, no one's coming. So I get up and I just start walking and I find the first little feeder creek coming down off the opposite side. And then I just start cleaning myself off and I'm, it's just turning it red. And I was like, well, this is not good. It's either my blood or elk blood probably both. Um, uh. and I start walking down the trail and look over and these people are looking at me and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, like, I'm not dying. Like, they were definitely like, What the heck is going on with this?
1: <laughs> like, a, a typical Roaring Fork Valley Aspen area, <laughs> yeah. I'm they sure. were
2: not hunters, they're they, not
1: that one. <laughs> they probably weren't having it, but maybe it was good that you were bleeding, so they had a little bit of sympathy and, like, Oh, you are a human, yeah. You Are you, yeah. are you yeah, okay? I, had
2: no, I didn't have a bow, I didn't have a, like, like, they're probably like, What the heck? Um, <laughs> so then I just keep trudging down the trail, um. And I popped out way further down the trail than I went in. So I probably had a mile walk back to my vehicle. And probably halfway down that walk, I see my wife walking the other way. And I, with all my energy, just yell her name. And I'm like, Jen. And she, like, hears me and turns around. I was like, oh, my God, is, is that your blood? Is that elk blood? I'm like, it's probably everything. I'm like do you have water <laughs> I'm like I just want some water um luckily I be- I believe she had a um jug of water with her and I drank all that and uh cleaned myself up a little and she checked out my cut and was like yeah you're probably gonna need some stitches in the back of your ear like your earlobe is totally like detached from the back side oh, like, it wasn't fully dangling but it was it was pretty detached um but then she goes, did you see Kyle? I was like, that's the person I was texting. I was like, no. And I was. she was like, well, his truck is in the parking lot full of coolers. And I was like, oh, no way. He must've got my messages. Um, so we make our way back down, leave my truck at the trailhead, go in her car, get back to our apartment that we're renting. Um, and uh, our landlords are helping us with the meat, trying to get it in coolers so that we can head to the hospital. Um, So this is uh, Labor Day weekend. So I get to the emergency room and didn't realize that it's pretty busy on Labor Day weekend. And I guess my injury wasn't as bad as what they were dealing with. So I sat there, I think, for four or five hours before I got treated um and i ended up getting six stitches in the back of my ear um and then after that got all my phone charge back up was texting my buddy who ended up going back up and he packed out the rest of my elk so oh
1: dang he found it. It. He, he found found it he
2: found it with the coordinates from my inreach that's and awesome was standing there where I shot mine and he's like wow this is literally 50 feet from where he shot his probably three years prior (laughs) so it's just a weird coincidence
1: he knew Uh, the area
2: yeah he as soon as he was there he knew where he was and um, luckily saw my blue tarp uh, so he grabbed the rest of that Um, and then uh, I didn't know at the time but there is no ice in the wrong fork valley. So he couldn't find ice since I think that's right when we were dealing with the canyon fire and all that. Oh so yeah. we were probably running out of stuff. So we had no ice. Um so he's texting me, trying to drive around, find ice, and it's like I he's like, Finally, I gotta go home and go to bed. I'm exhausted. Like cause he went in, grabbed the rest, came out all, all in that afternoon so they threw it in freezers and um our refrigerators that had room at my uh, landlord's house and uh dumped as many ice packs on the meat until we could find ice that night and after leaving the hospital at some obscure gas station and then uh yeah met up with my buddy the next day and drank a beer and talked about the hunt and we, we went all back together to go find the um, antlers in the head and my bow and uh, called it success. And <laughs> glad okay. for the new technology out there of in-reach. And, and now he's got one and knows how to use it. And I still definitely yeah. have a scar in my ear from that hunt.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> the... Um, God dang, a few questions. So, like, what was this? stick like i've had a couple of those where you just get jabbed and it's like god dang that hurt And you're, but like who gets you cut in it, their earlobe
2: <laughs> like, like a browsed off like aspirin aspen sapling i'm oh. like super sharp like i was like coming over a log and like slipped and like sat down on the log and mm. it just caught me just right and went like right up the back of my ear here and caught there and just poked right up and in and just tore the lobe on the backside. Do you I'm ever,
1: just... do you ever think about like falling a little different on it <laughs> and how it had a different turnout?
2: Oh, I, I mean, know. I was like, dang, I got pretty lucky with what could have yeah. completely went backwards. I could have been, you know, picking my ear up off the ground or it, you know, totally into me, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Totally, yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's, you know, there's always freak stuff happening out there and it's good to be prepared. That's why I had that first aid kit and first time having the blood clotting stuff with me and I was kind of happy to have it, but also glad I didn't really have
1: to use it. Yeah. The, the quick clot, quick clot stuff. Yeah. So you you didn't try it or you did try it? I didn't because it was
2: buried in my backpack and I was, didn't want to stop and did it out because i was just you know every minute felt like an hour just trying to come down the hill like i was i've never been so exhausted and it took me a few days to recover after that from
1: how how many trips uh did your buddy have left Uh, he did one one
2: (laughs) yeah we he yeah we're and what was that
1: that he that he pulled out of there
2: two hinds
1: and a shoulder Oh my gosh! Yeah, on a, and, a, and a young bull, but that doesn't matter. That's no, no, yeah. The and I've long. weighed, yeah, I've weighed two hind quarters on a young bull, and those are fifty pounds each. Oh, definitely. And and, and then you got a front quarter, which is like thirty five pounds. Yeah. So, your buddy was pushing one fifty. Yeah, close we've done to... it a
2: couple times, and it's definitely catching up to us yeah it Um,
1: does it really does the degenerative disc disease and herniated disc my back's uh, back has uh made me meet not so stubborn and just like throw the weight on and go but god dang i that's a lot of weight that's yeah and it
2: was bone in because he didn't mm -hmm. know what he was coming into um and i ran out of energy and one still had the whole hoof on it too
1: yeah dang yeah two things what an awesome buddy and then you, <laughs> yeah
2: i know <laughs> and then
1: and then you married the girl that told you to go back in there to go go kill the thing yeah so, I yeah. <laughs> so nice work on your friend and uh finding a good lady that will take care of you and tell you to get after it so when you're kind of down in the just having one little bump in the road there to to make something happen and sometimes that all 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 that is is that little no go after it Yeah, yeah yeah i've that's been my goal in the last couple of years is having a always trying to be on like i can't just shut off even for that last mile back to the truck you need to stay on on your game because you never know when when something's gonna happen and and i and i can totally feel the the uh the amount of motivation i might have had had i started the day at when you did let's just say 10 or whatever that was uh 9:10 and later in that morning early september in a place where there was already other vehicles it's like my motivation is probably going to be a little bit lower but I keep telling myself in that last year or two is like, I need to stay on. You never know what's going to happen. And so that I think is a really good takeaway as well as a few other things just on this story. And I, as soon as you said uh, you saw antlers coming through, that just made me tune in like, oh, what can I learn? Like, I need to learn. Mm-hmm. Okay, you had something. That's your first bull, but you had something that worked there and that was just going with the plan going in and rolling with it and uh um sure enough instead of sleeping under a tree uh that bull was up and i'm sure labor day weekend he was either leaving his cows that are bedded or he was still cruising looking for cows because those i see those bulls they're like with cows and they're not and then they're with them they're not they're still the herd dynamics are all over the place and those are fun to i love watching that that's cool
2: yeah yeah especially in this terrain it's just they're either with their cows or they just completely move over the mountainside and leave them
1: yeah yeah they and then uh with the shot was there just blood everywhere with that (laughs) shot yeah really
2: Yeah, yeah i when i gutted them or didn't i didn't gut them open but um i went to go in and try and find the heart and it was just annihilated like nothing left to take home which was disappointing
1: Uh yeah how far guess, did he go then you said
2: oh uh, downhill 75 yards and huh.
1: that was it the, you know with those heart shots i i see a lot more with deer but all those heart shots they inevitably run it's like they always yeah. are running they they are dead as a doornail that whole time but uh just that adrenaline rush just gets them going and they're it's always that 50 to 75 yards for a heart shot is what I've seen over and over and over again. Rifle bow doesn't matter. They, and then they, they tip over, but that's awesome that he was gushing blood and. Oh yeah. He would have run
2: uh, right over if I didn't pull the. Uh, oh my God.
1: <laughs> And uh 15 feet or 15 yards yeah. or whatever. So all pins on him, just kind of. <laughs> I,
2: I, you know, I just happened so fast. Yeah. I just put the, you know, first pin It was my first bow. I was shooting a diamond, so it wasn't like top of the line. I was just getting into it, and I was only practicing out to like twenty five yards. And I was like, okay, you know, I know I can bring them into twenty five yards. I know I can. So I was. That's all I could practice to where I was living, and so when it came into fifteen feet, I was like, well, you don't practice these close shots. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a. There's such a big difference when you always practice at 20. Like 20 yeah. is your like here's my starting point. When you come into 10, it's like this an inch low is what it seems like. And then once you get up to nine, eight, seven, things get weird. Five yards, it gets real weird. Five yards yeah. is like use your 60 pin, 50 pin, uh at point blank range. It's really just uh, your that arrow is going up so instead of um it's still in that process of going up or whatever it is um so it's just such a weird thing to to reverse that process and go oh i gotta hold in a weird spot just like out of a tree stand i mean that's something that's something you had been doing in uh new york for uh, or had you bow hunted in new york
2: no not at all i never got the opportunity um being in school through September and college, I just never got a chance to do it. Um, just the way rifle season fell. I was home for Thanksgiving, so I just always did rifle season.
1: Yeah. And that was new someone mentioned that to me the other day too, about hunting in New York. Uh, buddy's going uh this year. And he said he got an invite to go. He's like, Oh, I'm gonna go over there. And has a lot of property and I I don't know how big a deer there are over there or good deer or just good opportunities or not at all, but um, was that something where you'd see a lot of deer in in those kind of hunts growing up or is it just like a seldomly yeah. do you see? What's that I like? I mean,
2: we hunted a lot of private land, so we had a lot of access to friends' property and um, then my dad had been hunting this one parcel that I got to hunt for probably 25 years 30 years and yeah we shot i think the uh, one of the last eight pointers i shot out of the tree was like the seventh or eighth eight pointer that has been taken from that corner of that field so huh. definitely you know produce big deer in certain areas um yeah. and you could shoot is a lot like yeah. i think I would get four doe tags and by the end of the season, you know, with the rifle season, you had a buck tag and then muzzle loader, you had a buck tag. Like you'd be tagged out. Yeah. And I, they're, they are good tasting. I definitely miss a good white tail.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, what would you go to school for?
2: Um, I went to school for forestry and recreation.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. There was, uh, I was so stubborn. I still wanted to go out and do stuff <laughs> while I was in, in school. Uh, were you a ways from places to hunt once you went to school?
2: Oh uh, yeah. So we were allowed to bring our rifle to college with us and we could oh, lock it wow. up in the school armory. Um, but I didn't bring one until I got like settled into the whole school thing until like my junior year. And yeah. that was up in the Adirondacks and that was a totally <laughs> a different game of hunting. Like There's way fewer deer, but definitely big deer. Hmm. Um, And I never got an opportunity to shoot one up there, but definitely hope to go back one day.
1: Yeah. So what's uh what's happened since then? That was fall 2020. Um, you had two seasons since then.
2: Yeah. Um, treated myself to a new bow, so I got myself a prime and was shooting that. Um. Last season, and then the but the season prior to that, I was still on the diamond and um, got into some elk, but just couldn't uh, capitalize. Uh, and then I shouldered one with an arrow and decided to call it a season after that. Um, again, at like five, 15 feet, Jeez. called them in <laughs> uh, in some thick brush. Just seen it just seemed I don't know why it didn't penetrate but after that that's why I decided to step up and get myself being a new bow and um really be able to shoot some further distances so I after that season would be 21 now 2022 I had a archery deer tag for unit 43 here in Colorado and um decided to hunt the mirroon bells wilderness with that and Backpacked in, and was luckily enough to shoot one by eight a m opening morning. Oh, at wow 55 yards yeah,
1: fifty one yards, yeah, yeah, heck, yeah. And so what was that guy? Another little smaller one little,
2: or... um four by four with a little cheaper print, still velvet, and that's all I wanted was to find a velvet buck. Um We got in the night before opening day, and literally there's twelve bucks within a hundred yards of a, where we were gonna camp um so we my wife and I again were out so she helped me set up camp and I was able to glass and watch them and if I they would have fed right into our camp if I didn't have to get up from my glassing spot to go to bed like they would come right in there um so they sensed us and took off and I was able to then find them again the next morning and put on the perfect stock and get that done and but the only thing was we were prepared for four days, so we still had all that food and weight to pack back out. Yeah. The same. so we only spent one night and was able to pack that deer out
1: do um, uh did shot. um uh did you go, was that above tree line
2: yeah yeah I shot oh that man twelve thousand feet.
1: I looked at that tag over and over again and thought about it. It just never worked out, and maybe yeah. someday. Uh, not necessarily there. I mean, it's a it's a good place, but I mean, there's a lot of really abo- great places above treeline, and I think that one's a little easier to draw, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah.
2: I mean, you can get lucky as a resident and get it with no points. Yeah. Um, but I didn't this year, so
1: yeah,
2: I don't have a deer tag this year, unfortunately. Oh, um, and the next weekend, I was able to tag out on a um cow elk. So oh, I was nice. done in the first ten days of the archery season, which was super good feeling, like yeah. to be successful
1: and um cow cow hunt elk with a bow is a different game. Like, what did you did you? Uh, so you I still I was looking, yeah, I
2: had an either sex tag and just decided to take take my opportunity and yeah. uh, take a cow because it was he's going to be an easier pack out than anything we've ever done so figured take that and get that and have the rest of my september to enjoy and go fishing and normally stuff i don't get to do
1: Uh, yeah buddies or anyone else have any good what's going on this fall you or your buddies got any good tags uh,
2: yeah then i i paid it forward for my buddy um that helped haul out that elk first elk of mine um he drew an uncompadre bull tag 61 oh wow so we had a fourth season so i um gave up my thanksgiving and hunted with him and we got it done the second to last day of the season and he shot a really decent bull nothing you know not a slammer but um good bull for what's there now yeah that was definitely a heck of a pack out too so he we're even now
1: yeah no <laughs> that's awesome it that it's great to have a good community there of folks you can hunt with folks you can uh help pack out and and do all that sort of stuff with so that's good yeah, you guys it, are going to learn you learn a lot more them. oh it's very tough to find out i don't really have it yeah. <laughs> it's a tough thing to find of uh, good buddies that uh you can you can spend some time in the on each other's tags, that's the cool thing is the the amount of learning you can do on, and uh, if someone's spending a lot of time learning an area, and then you go in there with them and and you hunt it, then you bring that skill back to where you hunt. And uh, yeah, there is I I don't have a lot of buddies that actually put in for any of those those uh more difficult to draw tags because they just don't do the preference point stuff and. And so it's kind of a bummer. It's like, I'm missing out on that opportunity too. Tell you, put in for this stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, go. he's lucky. he drew a desert bighorn sheep right when I first met him. And he borrowed my raft and was able to float to Colorado to get that done. So,
1: oh, done dang.
2: Stuff, and he's a little older than me. So, uh, hopefully, I'll still get to do those same hunts that he's done.
1: Yeah, hopefully. But,
2: yeah, this year I got lucky and I drew a cow moose archery tag.
1: You did? Yeah. We're talking about all of this. You got a moose tag?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Dang. I got lucky. They called me up after the draw and was like, "Someone turned their tag in. You want it?" I was like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll take it because it's right where I live here. It's one of the new units they opened. Yeah. This season. So I was like, that's a good opportunity, I think, to jump on a moose." And because I don't ever, I didn't ever think I would shoot a bull here. Yeah. Uh, ever, but I just was putting in for it anyway. And then they opened this whole area by Aspen. Yeah. I got lucky. So I'm going to try and find a cow moose this fall, too. And <laughs> elk. the
1: uh, um, moose population in that area is just blown up. It's just 42, 43. Those, that area. Whole mesa there, just more and more elk just showing up, and which is so cool. I love to see that. There's, I don't really know how they're doing in other Western states, but it doesn't seem to be growing like Colorado's is. Um, unless I
2: see more and more and more moose and elk every time I'm out backpacking, and the 10 years I've been here, and they've definitely, you used to see them a lot in other areas, and they've definitely moved their territories. Um And I think they've adjusted to the, you know, definite influx of recreation here, but there's still a lot of elk to be found.
1: Yeah. Well, don't pack out three quarters of a moose. (laughs) (laughs) No,
2: no, I'm already, I was already planning to, for help and um, definitely getting a frame pack. Yep.
1: (laughs) Yep. For sure. You're going to need something good (laughs) Yeah. to be able to hold that kind of weight.
2: I'm trying to limit it to not too far from
1: i I almost imagine like that it's like cow moose are the one thing i'm kind of nervous about in colorado yeah like some level of concern to have for those things because they like whenever i saw a calf elk or not calf up calf moose there i was like okay i am getting out of here i don't know where mom is at or if you're just a just out on your own now or whatever, but see those or you see a cow moose and you just have a have a different level of respect for those.
2: Yes, yeah, steer clear for sure. And that's where I was like, well this will be a challenge to find a cow that doesn't have a calf. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, and yeah, it's definitely a big challenge because there's definitely no calling and I guess the moose rut is like so different in Colorado compared to like a normal moose rat.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
2: But, yeah well, I'm up for the challenge, and I know they're here.
1: Yeah, you got to keep me updated on what you what you find, see, whatever. That'd be kind of cool. And when's the, And that's September, the same yeah, season.
2: It's, only, it's a week shorter than elk season, so they give you the first week of elk, and then that second Saturday, I believe, it opens for
1: hmm. moose archery. Well, sweet. Well, I'll be about two hours northwest of you, <laughs> somewhere in there, uh, for the first half of the, the month, trying to figure that out. But I, I can only imagine the amount of pressure we're going to be dealing with. It's going to be kind of rough.
2: But... Yeah, yeah. So I, I changed my tactics. I was normally an OTC hunter, but with that change on the Grand Mesa, I totally changed my tactics yeah for a limited um elk tag this year
1: yeah yeah and i i'm gonna start doing the same this is told my dad's like this is the last season we're doing over the counter um we're not necessarily done with colorado um it's gonna try montana next year if, if we can draw that or um but really starting to spread that out but yeah, it's, I've said it over and over again. Over the counter in Colorado is is a ticking time bomb, and that's done. <laughs> I think opportunity there is, there's a lot of people still finding lots of success, but I don't know what's going to happen when you just drop five units of the Grand Mesa. And
2: yeah, it's going to make, yeah, 43, I think, really, really, really crowded. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how many people are, know that right now? Like, there's people that probably still don't know that that's the case, and they're gonna roll in. Uh, and they're, I guarantee you, there's gonna be a pile of people still going and hunting some of those places and doing it illegally, unknowingly. Yeah, Um, but or they're gonna find out last minute and then they're scrambling to find a spot or they go home or whatever. Yeah, I
2: wish the frying pan wilderness area got as much stink as the when
1: they
2: remove that yeah
1: grand mesa yeah that that had that reputation though of a diminishing elk herd yeah and that south at eagle there and in the meredith area and whatever else so it was diminishing and so i don't think as many people were and that's rough country <laughs> that's yeah. pretty rough country but well uh we'll wrap that up and man i can't wait to to hear hear what happens next so i appreciate yeah. you telling it telling an awesome story and uh this is in perfect time for for the season which is right around the corner so yeah. um i can't believe it's there i got a couple packages that came just today or yesterday of a few things I needed for the season and and uh and shooting broadheads so it's time to 3d shoots are done time to mess around with broadheads mm-hmm. make sure things are good but yeah uh so yeah thanks thanks so much for for coming on and and we'll have to have you on again That was fun
2: yeah i appreciate it it was a lot of fun thanks for having me
1: you bet
0: deed to the land but it ain't my ground this is god's country